don't know what's about to happen. Whoa! I just feel, I just feel like God uses the natural to teach us spiritual principles. We got up this morning an hour ahead in the natural. But that pales in comparison to what we woke up to this morning in the spiritual. I got, I got so much stuff going on in my head right now. I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about that scripture that said a thousand years is, is a day to the Lord. And the day to the Lord is a thousand years. Hey, by the way, it's great to see y'all. My God, it's awesome. I don't even know who these grown-ups are that's sitting next to you. A thousand years is a day to the Lord, and a day to the Lord is a thousand years. If that's the case, in the natural, if we shifted an hour, what did we shift in the spirit realm? Huh? We take, we absolutely accept that we got a, we, we shifted, we went forward an hour. But if that's the case, if the math of time is so different in heaven than it is here on this earth, what did we really shift? What are we shifting every day in the decisions that we're making to serve God? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Y'all can, can rest a little bit. I'm going to preach a little bit. Uh, see, I got up this morning. I just started laughing. I said, you, you, what we don't realize is we time traveled last night. Time travel's real. We time travel. We're an hour ahead of ourselves. We, you know, I don't want to get too deep on that. Hmm. Let me tell you something. I, I thought I was going to finish this series, Repeat. But God just started bringing some other messages back into my heart that, that needs to be spoken again. Because, I mean, some things are uh, worth hearing again. And, and, and you know, so, so I know I'm at least going to do this to Easter, Resurrection Sunday morning. And I might do it on that day, prob probably not. But I'm probably launch, launch a new series on that. Easter, by the way, is wide open at Solid Rock Church. Hey, listen, y'all better pack this place out. And I don't care if you like that. We're having Easter, man. We're having the kids up here. The kids are going to do their dances. The kids are going to do their dramas. We're going we to have, my God, we're going to have a Holy Ghost Resurrection Sunday service. My God, I'm telling you, they ain't shutting us down ever again. They're not shutting Easter down. They're not shutting Christmas down. They're not shutting Thanksgiving down. They're not shutting any regular Sunday down. They're not going to shut anything down again. They may say they're going to shut it down, but it ain't happening here. Well, see, what perfect message to bring back in this season, the series that I originally preached. I've been going back and making sure I tell you when I originally preached this. I originally started this series on uh, September the 7th, 2016 is when I preached this. 2016. And that, if you'll remember this, this series, I came out in a hazmat suit. Completely in a hazmat suit with a giant mask on. 2016. Protected myself from infectious. Oh, y'all ain't hearing me. That was 2016, y'all. I got pictures to prove it. Hazmat suit. And the series was called Toxic. We dealt with toxic voices, toxic relationships, toxic churches. 
Can a church be toxic? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been in some toxic churches. Uh Uh-huh. Toxic means they'll make you sick. In fact, the, the definition of toxic is this. Anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. Let me tell you something. I have had people try to kill me spiritually in church service. I've been around toxic people that are not happy unless they are trying to destroy me. Hallelujah. Toxic. We are in a toxic society. Are y'all hearing me? In fact, you know what I think we need to do before I go any further? Because I don't know if I'm going to preach my whole message. I might just get out there and start laying hands on y'all in a minute. That's just kind of mood I'm in this morning. But I, I just, I just need, to, I just need to, to help some of you people clear a toxic mindset right now. Because some of you right now have already got a spirit of offense on you. And you ain't going to be able to handle some of the stuff I'm about to say. So, so I'm about to pray for you right now to get delivered from that spirit of offense. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak over this congregation right now. Whether they're regular tenders, visitors today, first we love them all their family today open up our minds God let us be teachable today and to not operate in the spirit of offense and know that what I'm going to preach today they can check it with the word of God and then they'll have to take it up with the word of God open up our hearts and minds Lord God so that it could be the tablets of the flesh of our heart can be written upon today and our lives can be changed in Jesus name everybody say amen alright now you ain't got no excuse so Let me show you what Romans chapter 7 says. Romans chapter 7 says this. For we know that the law is spiritual. Man, this is a difficult passage of Scripture. Number one, it's difficult for me to read. It's always been difficult for me to read. I just can't flow it. It's hard to read. But but when you hear what Paul is saying, I want you to hear, you know, I hate to use this term, the greatest Christian, because there's no respecter of persons, nobody perfect. But but our, our first true example of a Christian in the Word of God, a converted Christian that took, took the gospel to the world, wrote over half of the New Testament. My God is a great example in the conversion of Saul of Tarsus into the Apostle Paul, the story of Paul. Are you with me, church? Amen. So this is Paul writing now. This is the greatest example of a Christian that we have before us. He says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. What's this? For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If, then, I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Mm. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good, I do not find. This is deep. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Let me, I told you, that's a little difficult passage to follow. Let me sum it up for you in Jefferson, Blount County lingo. Here it is. I got a desire 
to do good. I want to be a good man. But I still find myself giving in to things of the flesh, doing stupid things and sinful things. There are things that I get up in the morning and I declare that I'm going to do them today and I don't do them. There are things that I come to this altar and I give to God and I say I'm never going to do them again only to find myself doing them again. Are y'all hearing me? This is Paul talking. Are you getting this? This is not, you know, your guy that lives down the street from me and you and him talking about your struggles. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the Roman church about his struggles that he faces in his walk. But the powerful thing that you've got to get is he says, but I know the origin of why this happens. It is my thoughts. It is the things that I think about. Because I speak that I'm going to do things, but I allow myself to think in advance. There's no way I'm going to be able to carry that out. There is nothing more dangerous to a human being than toxic thoughts. And I would go further and say there is nothing more damaging to a child of God than toxic thoughts. You got to understand it's not a cliche, it's not an old wise tale, it's not an old saying that you heard your granddaddy say, and that's all it is when you hear things like the 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 mind is the playground of the devil. Because it is real. It is the playground of the devil. I want to tell you something. If you can ever beat this, you, you ain't got no problem with this. Because all these things pale in comparison to the battle that goes on in your mind. Oh, yeah. Be not conformed. This ain't in my notes. Romans chapter 12. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He said, I beseech you, brethren, therefore by the mercies of God that you present your body a living sacrifice unto God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, he says, I'm not asking you to do something that's not reasonable. I'm not asking you to do something to present your body to, to service to God, to present your body to service to others. It is not only reasonable, it should be easy for you. But the reason it's not easy for you, the reason you're not excited about serving others, the reason you're not excited about getting up off that pew and doing something in the house of God, the reason you can't motivate yourself to, to, to get out of your house and do something, it's not because it's unreasonable that's being asked of you to do it it's because you have allowed your mind to be conformed into a toxic mentality in which we live and some of you have us I love you but I'm telling you the truth some of you battle consistently and filter everything you hear through a spirit of offense and through a spirit of hurt so it becomes unreasonable to you but but God said it is your reasonable service Here's how you make it, how you take it from unreasonable to reasonable. The next verse that I just quoted. Therefore, renew your mind. Come on, don't be conformed to this word, but renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? How do you get toxic things out? You have to flush them out. Oh, I'm preaching better than y'all shouting. See, if y'all help me preach, y'all get out of here early today. Y'all just sit there and look at me. I'm going to hold you. That was pretty toxic. I shouldn't have said that. 
many of us in this day and time, look, y'all keep in mind, my, what I'm preaching right now is my outline from 2016. This is my outline for 2016. This is not a, I've got a few things I added and t- tweaked in there, but this is the basics of what I preached in 2016. Many of us are being infected or programmed with toxic thoughts, ideas, ideologies, and then I added a word, mandates. Get this about your thoughts. The average person has over 30,000 thoughts a day. Through an uncontrolled thought life, we create the conditions in our life that opens the door for illness, sickness. In other words, sometimes we can even open the door and make ourselves sick. Research shows that, the, that fear itself, just fear, the emotion of fear on its own triggers more than 1,400 known physical and chemical responses and activates more than 30 different hormones. I'm going to say that again. It has been proven that just the emotion and the thought of fear triggers 1,400 known physical and chemical responses and activates more than 30 different hormones. Is it any wonder that we've been told that we've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind? Because God knew the power of fear, but greater than the power of fear is the power of faith. Greater than the power of fear is the power of the Holy Ghost. Greater than the power of fear, my God, are y'all hearing me, is a man or a woman of God who knows who they are in God. I've got news for you. You need a revelation today. The world is not going to protect you from toxic thoughts. You are going to have to protect yourself. And I'm going to give you a big revelation here. God is not going to protect you. It's not his job to protect you from your thoughts. He gave you the authority on this earth. Oh, you ain't hearing me. Oh, I know he's all powerful, but you got to understand something. What you say is up to you, not to him. He can put it in your mind, but you still got to say it. He can move it on your heart, but you still got to do it. He don't make you do anything. He don't make you say anything. Some of y'all think that's the kind of God we serve. No, no, no. God didn't make you get saved. He didn't make you get filled with the Holy Ghost. He didn't make you get healed. He don't make you do anything. He don't make you dance. You are you sitting back? Well, I dance. I jump up and down. Pastor said, everybody jump up and down. I ain't going to jump up and down until the Holy Ghost grabs my legs and makes me jump up and down. Well, you ain't never going to jump up and down. Dave, the Bible said, David danced before the Lord with all his might. He made a decision to dance. He got excited about the glory of God, and he danced. He didn't wait on God to make him dance. Well, if God's such a good God, why don't he protect my mind? Why don't he make provision for my mind to be protected? Why am I being tormented? He has made provision. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But more than that, he's given you people that you can talk to. He's put people around you that can pray for you. See, see, sometimes you've got the faith to speak it. But I'm going to tell you, I've been many times in my life that I spoke it and spoke it and spoke it, and I realized I need help. My faith ain't where it needs to be. 
I need, I need, that's why he said, if they're sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith and God will raise them up. Sometimes you need the prayers of the saints to get you through a toxic situation. This is not a recent problem. This is not a modern problem. The thoughts of man have been toxic from the very beginning of sin. You see, when you are putting the right things in your body and the right things in your mind, you will feel and think correctly. How many of us, if you're eating junk, you're going to feel like junk? If you're listening and watching junk and allowing junk to come into the windows and the, and the doors of the mind, then you're going to think junk. The old saying says this, garbage in, garbage out. That, that's a modern way of saying whatever you sow, that you will reap. He said, if you sow to the Spirit, you shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. But if you sow to the desires of the flesh, you shall of the flesh reap corruption. Adam and Eve were created by God in the image of God. They were created naked, butt naked. Is it supposed to be buck or butt? I've always said butt naked because I think about naked. I'm thinking about, you know, there's a butt. I mean, what is it? I need to make, I need to know for sure. I've always, is it buck naked? Is it real? Why is it called that? I don't want to know. I don't want to know why it's called. I mean, you, it makes more sense to call them butt naked. Okay, come on, focus, Larry. Focus, focus, focus. They're naked. They just plumb naked. They, they didn't have no clothes on. They were created naked. But they did not even think about it it was not even a thought are y'all hearing me they they didn't look at each other and talk about the fact they were naked it was not an issue until they allowed toxic voices to implant toxic thoughts about the whole plan of God Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast in the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said, Listen, toxic words. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the tree of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Let me stop and say this right now. When you are having conversations with Can I be real? With toxic mouths. There are some people in your life got a toxic mouth. They're not our enemy. They're not our enemy. God loves them just like they love you. But I got news for you. That don't mean I got to sit around your mouth. That don't mean I got to sit there and listen to you badmouth the people of God. Badmouth your pastor. Badmouth. Are y'all here? I ain't got to do it. I ain't been called by God to sit there and listen to your garbage. In fact, you try to do it around me, I'll just go ahead and rebuke you in the name of Jesus. But what I'm saying is this. When she replied, she had probably had this conversation multiple times with the devil. But when you allow toxic voices into your life and they become to be implanted thoughts in your mind, The consequences of toxic thoughts 
is you will convince yourself that what comes out of your mouth is the truth because there's some truth in it, but there's also a lie that has now grafted its way and, ta- and tagged itself to the, to the truth. See, it was the truth that he, God said, you can eat of every tree in this garden, but that tree, the tree of knowledge and good and evil, that's my tree. You don't eat on my tree. Every other tree you eat from, you don't eat from my tree. If you eat from that tree, you're going to die. But he never told them they couldn't touch it. In fact, the power of that statement that she makes really reveals what was really in motion. The, 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 the behind the scenes, the backstory of that statement will blow your mind when you think about this. The original, see, some people think the oldest profession, y'all know what they say the oldest profession is. No, the oldest profession is not that. The oldest profession is gardening. The oldest profession is farming. Because the very first farmer was the very first man, Adam. So, so they were put in that garden, and the Bible said they were given a responsibility to tend that garden. So in other words, they were commanded by God to protect, trim back, and tend to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Can you imagine looking at this beautiful, glistening fruit, pr- protecting it, pruning it, just like you everything else? But the difference was you had to take care of it. You had to discipline yourself to take care of this tree, knowing this tree belonged to God. But you couldn't eat of it. But toxic thoughts will take that to another level. Well, if God didn't want me to eat of this tree, he must not have even wanted me to touch this tree. Because why would I even, why would he be so good to let me touch and eat of every other tree? Maybe, you'll start thinking things like, maybe we misunderstood him. It's been a while since he said that to us, Adam. Am I being real, y'all? I mean, the truth is, we've told this story to ourselves like a hundred times, and maybe we just forgot. Because it don't make sense. We'll start telling ourselves like this. That when you start seeing God do things that blows your mind, and I'm talking about what you don't want him to do, don't look like he's working, you'll start allowing toxic thoughts to say, This can't be God. Why would God let this happen? How could a God that I truly believe loves me so, how could this happen to me? But what you don't understand is by the time you start thinking that, you've sort of changed your perspective of who God is in your life. So notice that the the statement of Eve was a response to a question from the serpent. Did God really say? Huh? Why would, are y'all with me? Are y'all with you, pastor, this morning? I need to go back and read this again. And he said, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Why would he say that unless he had heard Eve a thousand times say that? Are y'all hearing me? Now watch 
what his repetitive unrelenting. I'll tell you what, I hate to give the devil credit for anything, but I'll give him credit for one thing. He's persistent. I hate him, but he's persistent. He don't give up just because you tell him to give up. He's going to keep trying to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's going to keep lying. He'll start with a little nugget of truth and then he'll twist it. But you got to remember, he's, the li- he's a liar. That's what the Bible said. He's the father of lies, what the Bible said. And the Bible said there is no truth in him. So, so here's, here's some here. Oh, my God. I, I need two weeks to finish what I got stirring inside of me right now. Watch this. So why are you so busy worrying about what the devil's saying to you? Because everything he's saying is a lie. There's no truth in him. Got up this morning, the devil told me. I'm old and I got arthritis. I might as well accept it. Well, the truth is, there might be some truth in there. You might be old. But age is just a number to somebody that knows that God ain't through with them. Oh, look, that don't mean I can do some things physically, all all the things that I used to do. But you know what? By the time we get to our age and older, we shouldn't have to do those things that we used to do. We ought to train somebody else to do them for us. If we'd have done right. Okay. I'm hurt. Has he written? No, no, wait a minute, y'all. I got to park here for a minute because I'm, I'm going to do some treaching, some teach preaching. Is that all right? I'm going to do a little treaching. Somebody shout, treach on. All right, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Here we go. Here we go. This is Revelation. As he really said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. He did not even mention touching. The devil didn't even mention touching. He quoted God. He didn't twist the truth. But he sensed a change in Eve. Oh, he probably had mentioned that before, but not that day because He knew he did not have the authority to make Adam and Eve do that. He had to get a thought in them that they would empower themselves to do it. So he used word for word what God said, but had already perceived the mindset of how they would respond. He probably also said it so he wouldn't be thumped by God. So he can just say, all I said was what you said, God. They're the one that twisted it. Because ultimately, he's the one that's doing it, but he will put all the blame on you. Did God really say you should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the servant, we may eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the, which is in the midst of the garden, God said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now watch this. He's got him. He's got her. He knows that now in her mind, somehow a new groove in her brain has been cut, that that's what God really said. She's now convinced. The thought is in her mind. She didn't make that up. She now really believes that God said you can't eat and you can't touch it. Which probably means, I'm about to get deep on y'all, that her and Adam, before this ever happened, this conversation ever happened, had already started not tending to the tree. They had already 
convince themselves of the thought that God, either they convinced themselves that God said that, or they got so offended by the thoughts that were being planted in their mind by the devil that they started remembering the thoughts, the toxic words of the devil. The devil's nowhere around, and they're sitting there tending to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and then those thoughts come in their mind. You know, I know he's a serpent, I know he's the devil, but what he's saying is true. This ain't right. Why can't I just have, I'm hungry. I've been working all day. Why can't, this is the best looking fruit in the whole place. I'll tell you right now, I'm the one that gets up every day and works. God ain't down here doing this. I'm the one that's doing it. I'm the one that got to get up at 3.30 in the morning and drink a cup of coffee and drive 280 traffic and work all day long and get nasty and come home filthy. I'm the one that's doing this. My name's on the check, and that preacher tells me that I'm supposed to give 10% to God. God wasn't the one that went down there and clocked in. God's name ain't on my check. You would never say that publicly, but you thought that. Hmm? You thought that. Ain't no man gonna tell me what to do with my money. I ain't never told you. I ain't never told you what to do with your money. I just told you what God told you to do with your money. That's what the tree of knowledge, good and evil, really is. It's a type and shadow of tithing. That belongs to the Lord, but you still work for it. But you don't touch it, you don't eat from it because it's the Lord's and it's holy. So God said the tithe is mine and the tithe is holy. That 10% is in your check, but it don't belong to you. You work for it, you tend it, but you don't eat it. Now watch this. He got her. He knew the moment she said it, the thought has set. So now I can say what I hadn't got to say. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Mm. How many knows that went from him quoting God, but when he heard the toxic response of the toxic thought that was in Eve's mind, he then diametrically opposed God. He quoted God. Has God really said you ain't supposed to eat of that tree? Oh, we're not supposed to eat the tree, nor that we touch it. Well, let me tell you what God really meant. You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The reason he didn't want you eating from that tree is because, you know what, he's a fraud. There's what, you, what he calls evil. I can show you that it's really good. He, he don't want you to know. He knows about the, the good and the evil. He's the only one that's got the knowledge. He don't want you in on his game. Because if you knew what he knew, you wouldn't spend all your time worshiping him. You'd make yourself happy. I don't want you to serve me. I don't want you to serve nobody. I'm going to show you how you can serve yourself. See, the devil's just as happy you believing that he don't exist. Are y'all hearing me? He'd prefer that you don't believe he even exists. Because if you don't believe the devil exists, you are not going to fear living a sinful life. So you're just going to live a sinful life and the devil's like, I don't care if you worship me or not, but you will live with me for all eternity. 
Am I preaching good? I didn't say I didn't ask you if you liked it. I said, am I preaching good? Sometimes preaching good means stuff you need to hear that you don't want to hear, your flesh don't want to hear. So when the women, when the woman saw, everybody say saw. Saw that the tree was good for food. That it was pleasant to the eyes and desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Then both of their eyes were open. And they knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together to make coverings for themselves. What you got to understand is this. They had seen that. You, you, you got you to get past I know if you were raised in church like me, you were raised with those little those cartoon Bible books. Remember them? I mean, they were awesome, man. I loved them. We used to go to doctor's offices, and they were in the doctor's offices. Remember that? That's how old I am. I'm dating myself. All y'all remember that? You, go, you actually could go to the doctor's office, and the Bible was sitting in the waiting room. And kids would sit there and read the Bible. But... And then also, I remember this, some of y'all, some y'all young people, y'all, y'all don't understand this. I mean, y'all, y'all got to, everything in the world's on that phone. I'm telling you, we had to have eight tracks, cassettes, records, 33s, 45s. I mean, we had to have all kinds of stuff to get what you get on your phone. But one thing I remember that my mama bought me when I was a little boy was one of those cartoon Bible books, and it was about this big. And y'all gonna y'all gonna remember, my age gonna remember this. This big. And when you opened up that first page, it was real hard and rigid because it was had a sleeve in it because it had a full-size 33 record in it. And you put that record on, and you put that needle down, and that needle starts saying, and then it'd start reading the Bible story to you. And you'd read that book, and all of a sudden, you, y'all, anybody remember what I'm talking about? You'd hear, ding, and that meant turn the page. And... That's how we got the Bible back then. We had to listen to the record player, ding, turn the page. And we'd read. Even when you couldn't read, you could follow the, the draws. It was awesome. It was teaching kids the Bible. But what happened was it put in my mind that when Adam and Eve sinned, there's like 25. Because that's how they were drawn. And, and Cain and Abel were like 13 and 14. And for my whole life, even into adulthood, when I think about Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve, I just think about this young family that just got started. You know, that's the kids. They're growing up. They're, that, the reason they all got, they was fighting in the garden. One of them killed the other one. They just, they just being teenagers. They just being, they didn't, I mean, but what you don't realize, when you study it, really, they were hundreds of years old. We don't understand the timeline here. Adam lived almost as long as Methuselah. He died in his 900s. Are y'all hearing me? Cain and Abel, when the story of Cain and Abel happened, they were probably, this is going to blow your mind, they were probably both in their hundreds. They had brought offerings thousands of times. So the conversation that Eve and Adam were having with the serpent, don't fall into the quickness of the reading of the story and thinking he put them in the garden and two weeks later they, they fell. It was probably, I'm just, this is gospel corner, I can't prove this, but when you study it in context, it was probably decades of conversation chipping away. 
Not only is Satan persistent, he's patient. Satan plays the long game. He'll, this is what the long game for Satan is. He'll even sacrifice you to let you go to heaven just barely to get your child. Oh, God, you didn't hear that. Oh, he'll let you be holy in your mind just enough and convince you that you don't need to make your kid go to church. Your kid needs to make their own decisions. My mama made me go to church. I'm not going to make my kids go to church. They're going to decide on their own if they go to church. So the, the devil will let you go to church the rest of your life convinced that you're Letting them make their own decisions. But let me tell you something. Do you think a kid is ever going to decide on their own, especially when they're teenagers and all the temptations they have today in their life? How many teenagers are going to all of a sudden decide, I know, Mama, you don't want to make me go to church, but I feel compelled. I'm going to church whether you like it or not with you. No, they're going to choose Xbox over you. I tell you, my whole childhood, I had a drug problem. I was drug in the church every Sunday morning. Huh? You can do what you want. I'm not trying to tell you. You're your own parent. But I'm going to tell you something. There's an epidemic of parenting empowering their children to make, make adult decisions. They're not prepared to make adult decisions. So I'm going to tell you, when you get grown, you get up out of my house, you're going out there providing for yourself, paying your own light bill, you can go to church and stay home if you want to. But my God, if you're sleeping in my house, you're using my refrigerator, you're using my air conditioning, by God, you're coming to church. And if you don't like it, you can go find you an apartment and you can get a job and take care. I don't want to see you go, but if you're in my house, How big you are, I'll whoop your rear end out the door. You can get on Facebook and say I'm abusing you and all kinds. I don't care what you do. Focus, Larry, focus. So you gotta understand something. When you begin to think that way, you begin to realize this is a long game the devil is playing. He was patient. He was patient. He was patient. So that meant she was listening, but for a long time, both of them would respond correctly. But there comes a time that sometimes you've got to be sensitive enough to God to know that these voices that you've been able to handle and still love that person and still pray for that person, still hang out with that person. It's just like this, this thing. I started as a youth pastor. I've always loved young people. Sandy and I were youth pastor for about two and a half years before we ever became a pastor. So we have, we, we, our, our ministry was birthed in, in, teen, in teen ministry. And I'll just tell you, and then all the way now, I see, I see this happening in young adults. I see this happening even in grown adults that's gone through uh, death of a spouse or, or maybe even uh, through divorce or something like that. And they'll come to me as a pastor. They came to me back then when I was a youth pastor. And they'll start telling me about this person they're dating. And I would ask the question like, well, have they been coming to church? I don't think I've seen them. And the response would always be, no, 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 but I'm working on them. 
Will they go to church anywhere? No, no, no. Are, are they, do you know if they're saved? Well, I don't think they're really saved, but I'm going to tell you what I feel. I feel the Lord has put it on my heart that that's the one I'm supposed to be with. And if that's the one I'm supposed to be with, then he's going to help me get them saved. Can I tell you something? If we've seen it one time, baby, am I right? Out of every ten, nine out of the ten, you don't change them. They change you. You don't get them in church. They get you out of church. Because already from the beginning, you've already compromised your standards and the voices. See, let me tell you something, single folk. Huh? Let me talk to some single folk here. What you need more than some sugar Well, would it be better if I talked to you in my very white voice? Oh, yeah. You think what you need is a chiseled body. Oh, yeah, look at him. Surely that's God's creation. I feel the Holy Ghost looking at him. It's got to be God. Looking at her. Look at her. Oh, bless her heart. Did she drop something? Bless her heart. I feel the Lord telling me to go assist her. Pick it up. Excuse me, ma'am. Faces me. Oh, angel sing. What you need more than even physical touch, which we all need that, is you need somebody that's going to speak into your life. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. You need somebody that's going to call something out of you that you can't see in you. You don't need no toxic voice. You need a voice that said, baby, let me tell you something. I see greatness in you. You need somebody that's going to pull something out of you that goes against what everybody else has been telling you. Because when you emotionally attached to someone when you allow yourself to skip that part and go straight to the emotional attachment now toxic words don't seem toxic to you if there was a way for me to get the things that's in my head sometime I'm going up here and put on this screen, y'all would be shocked. The things that I don't say. My wife is saying, thank you, Jesus. You want to stick with it? Okay, it's a good thing because I already forgot what I was just thinking about. You must have done that. Now watch this. When she finally let that toxic thought be affirmed by a toxic voice, it empowered her. And watch what happened. She had only thought what she just said. 
when she said it, she saw it. She had thought it. That tree looks good to eat. That tree looks, that tree looks like it would be healthy, not harmful. She just never said it. But watch what, what it says. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. I'm almost through. God knows the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, she never allowed herself to fully see it until she brought the thought out of her mouth. And not only did she see the tree differently, she saw her husband differently. Her husband saw his wife differently. Where they used to look at each other and see the glory of God, now they looked at each other and saw shame. Now they looked at each other and saw sin. Now they looked at each other and saw death and decay. They had been naked the entire existence. But all of a sudden something changed where they were ashamed of how God had made them. Why? What was it? It wasn't that they were naked. It was that they could see their nakedness because the toxic thoughts had been brought into, a to into the world and the empowerment of the dominion that had been given to them in Genesis 1.26 allowed them to take a thought and the power of life and death is in your tongue. And when they spoke it, they spoke that thought out and that thought became reality and the glory of God is not going to reside on someone who is toxic. And the moment that they embraced the toxicity of the devil and embraced what he was saying over God, God said, I'll share my glory with no one. And his glory fell off of them. And they no longer were clothed in the glory. See, some of y'all think I preach mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. And I'm not being mean. Y'all think this is mean. Y'all ought to go back in the, in the old days. Man, I used to really preach mean. I, I love people. I thought I was doing good, but I was, I was one of them, if you can't hack it, get your jacket, preachers. Some of y'all get that later. Now listen, 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 listen. I'm almost done. Jesus comes down. God comes down in the garden. God already knows what's happening, right? God already knows what you've done. But he'll still come to you and give you an opportunity to tell him. Because the grace of God and the mercy of God is everlasting. His heart is to forgive you. His heart is to love you and restore you. His heart is not to judge you. His heart is never to punish you. It's not his heart. He loves you. So look at the awesomeness of God. He comes walking down like he always did every day in the cool of the garden. He stops at the place where he normally meets Adam. Adam is not there. God knows exactly why Adam is not there. But watch what he does. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching things right now that I didn't preach in 2016. This is, this is a revelation right now for this moment. Watch this. He leads with this. Adam, where are you? He knows where he's at. Why did he do that? That was the first ever recorded altar call. I know what you've done. But I'm giving you an opportunity to come out here and just tell me about it. 
Because this is not a deal killer, Adam. I knew you was going to mess up when I made you. Because you're not me. You're not God. But I'm trying to explain to you. I'm trying to teach you that I want to love you and forgive you and restore you. Where are you? So I feel the Lord telling me right now, compelling me. I'm not God, I'm, but I'm His voice today speaking into your life. I want to ask you a question right now. Where are you? Where are you? I know where you used to be. Where are you right now? Where are you? Adam says, we're back here. Back where, son? I'm behind this bush over here. That's a crazy thing to do. Why are you doing that? You've never, I've never told you to hide behind a bush. Why are you hiding behind a bush? Listen, these are words that trigger responses of words. These are words that are picking at the thoughts that are in Adam and Eve's mind, giving them an opportunity to cut a new groove over what they just did. Why are you hiding behind there? Because we're naked. Hmm. Okay. That's pretty amazing. I had no clue you were naked. No, that ain't what he said. He said, Who told you you were naked? Then they went into the toxic blame game. Adam, speak up. Come clean. No heart of repentance. It was that woman you gave me. She made me do it. Eve, your man ain't got the guts to speak up for himself. Maybe you will. What happened? It was the serpent. He tricked me. See, they, their minds had become so toxic, they didn't even realize the question. Preachers have preached for years, who told you you were naked? And they preached that, they preached that, that they had convinced themselves of the shame of the nakedness is what he was saying. No, what he was saying is, you done forgot, I'm the one that told you were naked. We've had, we've had talks where we've talked about how I made you. But what, how I made you was nothing to be ashamed of. Because your glory, the, my glory clothed you. You already knew you were naked. Because I'm the one that told you you were naked. And now you've taken what I told you and how I made you. And you've allowed toxic thoughts to think that that is somehow something bad. Now, I'm not telling you to run around naked, okay? We're not in that world anymore. We're in a sin-cursed world. Cover your naked body up. Hold up. I ain't ready for the altar call. Hang on. What's this? What's this? That's my son. He's he, he laughing at all. He, he don't get offended by that. They, they know how I roll up here. They're good. They're good. They're good. I'm, I'm almost through. How many times have I already said that? Uh, so, so here's what I got to skip down some stuff here because you got, I got to get to this. Somebody say this way. I have to protect my mind because my mind is the seed bed for my thoughts, which create 
my future actions. You are going to do eventually what you think you're going to do. That's what Paul was trying to tell us. The problem is, because it was the same book and the same man writing it, I'm trying to understand the very thing I'm trying to teach you. And that is, I have to renew my mind. He said it in the same book, Romans. Because the battle of when I say I'm going to do something, but my mind is not equipped and I've not allowed the right thoughts to get in there to carry out what I said I was going to do. I got too many grooves of negativity in my mind. Your thoughts are the seedbed for your future actions. Before you ever do it or say it, you've already thought it. Let me just real quickly give you this one scripture about the, about the power of the evil thoughts of the world and what it can do. The flood that came on the earth in Genesis 6 came on the earth as a result of toxic minds. Watch what was said in Genesis chapter 5 verse 6. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had even made man on the earth and it grieved his heart. It grieved his heart because he had looked at his creation and his entire creation had evil thoughts continually. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There was one man that didn't have no negative thoughts. Noah and his family. And thank God because we were saved. Y'all still with me? You know, I, I'm going to stop right now. And I'm going to bind a spirit right now that I feel in this house. In the name of Jesus, I'm telling you right now, I identify what you're trying to do to people's minds right now. The very thing that I'm preaching on, you're trying to do this to their mind, but as their pastor, I, I say in the name of Jesus, they're not in this fight alone. We're in this with them. And, I, 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 and I'm telling you, if it's, if it's you, if you're battling some things in your mind and you're battling even the ability, to, to, you're trying your best to receive what your pastor is saying, but you can't do it because your mind is so tormented. I'm telling you right now, I speak over you right now. I'm not going to tell you to show, raise your hands, but I know you're in here in the name of Jesus. Can we just begin to pray right now? I feel like we need to pray in the spirit. Somebody's about their mind's about to get free right now. I bind anxiety. I bind panic attacks. I bind stress right now. In the name of Jesus, I come against blood pressure. I come against everything that would cause stress and anxiety and panic to come upon them. That is fear and that is not of God. Lord, we declare right now that we declare right now in the name of Jesus. Freedom. You know why you know, I feel like the Lord told me to, to do that? It's because sometimes even when you're trying to help somebody and you're giving them the positive thoughts, it will trigger things and the enemy will beat them up and make them feel like they're bad people because they're not doing what the pastor's preaching them that they need to do and they don't have the strength to do it. So therefore, instead of it helping them, it triggers those thoughts to cause them to say that they'll never get free. And I want you to know something right now. That is a lie from the pits of hell. God has you in a place of greatness. God has a call on your life. And you are free in the name of Jesus. Thoughts are just that, thoughts. Some people think they're sinning if they, if they think a bad thought. Well, you need to bring it in captivity. You need to get that out of your mind. 
But thinking something doesn't make it a sin. That's called temptation. Temptation is not a sin. Jesus, the Bible says, was tempted. Are y'all hearing me? Tempted in all manner of any man, yet without sin. You can't be tempted unless you're thinking about doing something. Or at least the thought has attacking your mind. That blows our minds when we think about what that means. Jesus was tempted, I'm going to blow your mind, to steal. The devil laid things in front of him. He looked at it, and the enemy came into his mind, pick it up. He rebuked it. He brought that thought into captivity. I know I'm blowing your mind because you said, well, he's God. Oh, I know, but remember, I've taught you this for years. He never did one thing as God who happened to be a man. He did everything as man who happened to be God. Okay? So that we can relate to him. I mean, he was tempted, or someone tried to tempt him. How about that? Tried to put thoughts in his mind. Here we go. Brace yourself. To be with a woman and a man. Because if he's tempted like in all manner, people are tempted both directions. And so those thoughts came to him. But he was able to bring those thoughts into captivity. So I want you to know something. You have the power of life and death is in your tongue. The power of life and death is not in your mind. That's why sometimes you got to call things, you got to speak things out of your mouth that you don't even really yet believe in your mind. Because that, those spoken words are so powerful, they can create things that will override the voices. Oh, y'all hear me. I'm going to skip through all this. I'm ending. I can tell some of y'all done lost some of y'all. Y'all, done, y'all thinking about Mexican right now. Mexican, Mexican food. I think about Mexican food. So am I. Glory to God. I just saw some Munoz fajitas. Oh, and by the way, don't forget men. Don't forget men. I need to meet with all the men in the cafe. And we will not have food. 15 to 20 minutes. I got a word for all the men in the cafe as soon as I'm done here. All right. I'm still not ready for the altar. I'm just, I'm, I'm just picking on you. I was just messing with you. Here's the last thing I want to say. Sometimes the worst place you can ever be in this world is in your own head. I think I need to say that one again. Sometimes the worst place to be in your life is in your own head. Now, there's no way that I could preach in 2021, a sermon from 2016 about toxic and not address for five minutes the current situation and address COVID and all that is going on in our world, political and so forth. I ain't scared, so I'm going to say it. I'm literally just going to read when I was under the anointing of God what I typed. Here we go. This has to be the most toxic thing and moment that I've seen in my generation. It is toxic in the real sense, talking about COVID, of what it does to our bodies. 
It is not a hoax. It is not fake. It is toxic. It is deadly to parts of our people. It is real. No mistake about it. But even as deadly and toxic as it is in the natural, it has become even more toxic to what it has done to our minds. Mm. You better pray for me. Because you're not the one saying this stuff, I am. And so you need to pray for your pastor because I'm, going to, I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to be judgmental, but somebody's got to speak the truth here. So I need you to pray for my protection and my family. The enemy has been patient and has waited on the right moment to capture the minds of the human race and inject their minds with fear and control. We have become so worried about a virus that we are completely unaware and have been made to be distracted by so much that is going on around us that no one is talking about and many are completely oblivious to it. While this virus has happened, there has been an unrelenting, unabashed attack on the family unit. The removal of God from every facet of our lives is underway. The removal of God-designed, God-created gender. This is not a political statement. This is a biblical statement. Billions of dollars have been in multiple COVID relief bills, including this one that everybody's so excited about getting $600, $1,200, and I know that's a big deal. But what you don't realize is in the middle of that, that deal is billions of dollars to fund abortion. Billions. Billions of dollars. Not just paying for the abortions in America, but abortions all over the world. More money is being paid for the, for the can I be real? More money is being paid for the murder of unborn children around the world, not even in this country, than is coming to your house. And you're excited about it, and nobody knows what's in there. All you're excited about is because you, you've allowed the thought of $1,200 to, to think about a flat screen TV, and you have forgotten what is happening right under your nose. Censorship of any thought or teaching that opposes the belief system of the social media giants and billionaires is being removed. Government leaders are proudly proclaiming. I watched one with my own eyes and my own ears two weeks ago in a debate when somebody stood up and read the word of God of what God's will is for the family and the leader of this party stood up, up with a microphone and said, Gentlemen, sir, and to ma'am of all the people here, your belief system, your God, and what God's will of your God or any God is of no concern to us in this chamber. That is what he said. The, I'm talking about the, the one that had the gavel said, what your God says and his will is is of no concern in this chamber. Christians are being killed for their faith by the hundreds every week. The thousands every month all around this world. They're being beheaded. They're being burned. 
just for being a Christian. But you don't hear that on the news here. Religious freedom and freedom of speech. First Amendment of our great country is being chiseled away right before our eyes. And we have bought in to the toxic thoughts of this moment. So all we care about is if we get a check or if we get this or if I'm able to keep my job, keep, if I'm able to work from home, I'm still able to get my paycheck. Oh, really, that's all that matters. And that's all. God wants me to provide for my family. Yes, he does. God wants you to put your family above everything else. But let me tell you, we're supposed to be big picture people. We're supposed to be able to see what's happening in the spirit realm. And we are asleep at the wheel. And there are people that have taken what I just said and thought that that is a political side of the aisle statement. And I'm telling you, that's what's wrong with this world. You automatically either shout me down because you think I'm on your side or you're mad at me because you think I'm against you. I'm going to tell you something. I did not preach anything. I did not say anything today that is of a political stature. You have made it political. The world has made it political. I am a pastor. I am a pastor of a church. And I have got been called by God to preach the word of God I'm telling you and I'm going to preach the word of God I'm going to preach the word of God I am not a politician I am a pastor be seated for a moment. Thank you. Thank you, church. I didn't need that for ego. I didn't need that for stroke my ego. I just need to know my church was with me. I just need I'm, I just needed to know thank God for my church. Sometimes you feel like a voice in the wilderness here lately. I'll just close with this scripture. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Here's how it happens. Here's how you guard it. It's toxic thoughts. Finally, brethren, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things of a good report, 
if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. I say it this way, my interpretation of that scripture is whatever's pure, think about it. Whatever's lovely, think about it. Let it infuse your mind and change your heart. Don't think about fear. Don't think about worry. Don't think about and have a critical nature about yourself and your personality. Quit blaming your mama for your attitude. My mama told it like it was and she raised me to tell it like it is too. No, your mama was a jerk and you are. It's a cop-out when people say, well, you don't like it, you know, I'm sorry, I'm just going to speak my mind. Well, you don't even know what you just said. You are speaking your mind. You're speaking the condition of your mind. How many of some of those, sometimes one of the most powerful things a child of God can do is shut up. True. I want to say to you, I want to say something to you. Listen to me. That was so of God. 
I appreciate people being used by God. A couple of things just happened. First of all, this may be new to you. This is one of the nine gifts of spirits called the, the gift of a message in tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues. I was raised in this. The Holy Spirit literally stopped me because I knew he was about to speak in this house. I knew it. Didn't know who it was going to be, but I knew God was about to give a message to this church. Two things I want you to know that God spoke to me this morning. One, the Holy Spirit said, you're moving into a season where people are about to be used on another spiritual level that, are, that others would not expect to be used at that level. That's all I heard. Well, many of you probably would have not thought that a message in tongues was going to come from the security team. But it did. So I want you to know right now God is getting ready to begin to use more and more of you in the gifts of the Spirit in this house. So I appreciate people who are willing and flowing with the anointing of the service to speak. The second thing that I, that I felt this week, wasn't this morning, but I felt it this week, is I heard this in my spirit. In all the chaos that's going on, one thing is not being preached. Jesus is coming. No one is preaching that anymore. We look around and we're preaching about all that's happening and we're forgetting that God said that is a sign that he is coming. And that's what the Holy Spirit just said. Do not allow yourself to forget that Jesus is coming. He could come at any moment. Don't be distracted. Now I'm ready. Hallelujah. Praise of God. I'm telling you right now, this is one of those And I'm one of the reasons I know God had my church to just encourage me just then. It's because I know myself. I know my mind. When I preach things like this, I preach under such a power and anointing up here. I'm telling you, if the devil stood face to face with me, I'd slap him. I'm so full of God. But I'm human. And I'm telling you, when I, my wife will tell you, when I preach messages like this, when I say things that are tough, I beat myself up a lot of times on that Sunday the rest of that day and into the week and I'm replaying oh God I shouldn't have said it that way that's going to be misinterpreted because that's I'm human that was going to be one of those today I could feel it I could feel the enemy already messing with me but I, I'm not going to let that happen because I know I know that I just obey God today so all I want to do is this I'm not going to tell a story to work your emotions I'm not going to I'm not going to beg you. I'm just going to say that if God touched you today, maybe there's some things in your life that you need to get right. Because Jesus is coming. Maybe your mind is being tormented and you've allowed thoughts to come to your mind and you're being gripped by thoughts that you know are not of God. You want to just surrender it all to God today. You will. You want to believe God is going to do this for you. I want you to get to these altars right now. Get to these altars. Just find you a place. I'm not going to lead you in a prayer. It's between you and God. Just find you a place. Just talk to Him. 
Just talk to him. He just wants you to talk to him. That's all he wants. These altars are open. These altars are open. to the altar again. Jesus, I pray for everybody that's up here. You know exactly why they came. They've already told you. They've confessed it. And I take my faith and I agree with them right now, God. That right now, that pain, that confusion, that hurt and that offense is melting away from their minds right now. They have a clear mind. Is clear. Their mind is not gripped, locked down with fear, locked down with doubt. I just keep hearing God say, when you get up, your mind will be clear. You will be able, when, a, when you have a clear mind, you'll see things clearly that you couldn't see before that was cloudy. You're going to see things that you need to make decisions about. You're going to see things and see people that you need to speak in their life that you've been worried, how am I going to say this? How am I, how am I going to have the right words? You're going to see the, You're going to see it. Just like Eve, when she perceived it in a negative way, you're going to perceive it in a positive way. You're going to see direction. You're going to see things clearly. Your mind is clear. Your mind is clear. 